Hello everybody, this is Dan Trotter, Pretty Good Bible Studies. I'm in Matthew 26. Jesus has just gone through his trial before Annas and before Caiaphas. They've pronounced him guilty in their kangaroo court. They are getting ready to send, bind him over to Pontius Pilate. Now, before we do that though, we're going to look at Peter's denial of Jesus as he's sitting outside of Caiaphas's house in the courtyard as inside they beat, they slap, and they spit at Jesus. So we'll start with verse 69 in Matthew 26. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant approached him and she said, you were with Jesus the Galilean too. Now Peter was just about to give Jesus more pain than the beating, slapping, and spitting that was going on inside the house as john gill points out because to be portrayed by a man who said he would who followed you for three years and said he would die for you that must have been pretty hard for jesus he's been going through a lot horrible stuff and then to have that happen peter had followed jesus after the arrest in the garden of gethsemane he followed from afar and he'd gone into the high priest's house he got in there as we read in john because another disciple which some people say is john maybe so maybe not but somebody knew the high priest and so they got the servants to open the courtyard so Peter could go in there. Now, Peter was below where Jesus was being tried. The houses in Jerusalem are built on hills a lot of times, and, and the room where Jesus was being tried was above Peter, because Mark 14, verse 66 says, While Peter was in the courtyard below, one of the high priest's servant came. So there we have the scene. We also know it's at night before daybreak. We know they had a fire going. And then we see that a maid of the high priest. Matthew says a servant. We look in the other Gospels. In Mark 14, 66, we see it's one of the high priest's serv servants. And then in John 18, 16, we see it was the girl who was the doorkeeper who was the servant. So this servant was a girl, and she was the one who kept the door and let Peter in, and she was also working for the high priest, all of which is somewhat relevant as we go through this. John 18:16 says this, but Peter remained standing outside by the door, so the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the girl who was the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. That's how Peter got in, that other disciple, whoever he was, who knew the high priest. Now, this servant girl approached Peter and said, you were with Jesus the Galilean. Now, that term Galilean was probably a term of reproach, as in the Messiah can't come from Galilee, so why is he claiming so? You know, it was a common belief that the Messiah could not come from Galilee because the Messiah was the Lion of Judah. And then in Bethlehem, chapter 5, I believe it was, Micah predicted that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem is not in Galilee. So she's probably saying, you were with that imposter, that fake Messiah, Jesus. The servant girl said that to Peter. Now, when she said you were with that Galilean, what did she mean by with? Could she mean that Peter was with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when arrested? Well, probably not because she wouldn't have seen Peter there. She wouldn't have recognized him because she wasn't there. Now, it could have been that she was saying that Peter was with Jesus in the temple or in Jerusalem during that last Passion Week, Monday and Tuesday. She might have seen him there. And she is claiming that Peter is a disciple and has come as a spy. And that's where the danger was, and Peter knew it. This would have been a great opportunity for Peter to witness about his Lord, says Adam Clark. Instead, Peter denies him to save his skin. Now, notice that this servant girl says, you were with Jesus the Galilean too. She says, you, to Peter. But Luke has her given the remark not to Peter, but to a bystander. Luke chapter 22, verse 56 says this. When a servant saw him sitting in the firelight and looking closely at him, she said, this man was with him 
two. So how do we reconcile that? Well, it's easy. She said it both to the servant, then she she said it to the to this bystanders, and then she turned and said it to Peter straight out. I don't think it's anything difficult about that. Matthew chapter twenty six, verse seventy through seventy two. But he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. When he had gone out of the gateway, another woman saw him and told those who were with who were there. This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again, he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. So here's the first denial was with the woman's doorkeeper, servant of the high priest. That was the first denial. Then there's some random woman. It just says another woman saw him again. He denied Jesus again. This time, the second time, he denied it with an oath. So his denials are getting stronger. He's actually swearing. I don't know the man. Peter not only renounced Jesus, he did it with a bald-faced lie. This was the same Peter who had just recently rashly pulled his sword and cut off Malchus's ear, the high priest's servant's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, we look at the passage in Mark, the parallel passages, and we find out that there were two rooster crows, not just one. So we're going to have to piece this together and find out the sequence of what happened. We have three denials, and here's what happened. After the first denial, a rooster crows. After the second denial, a rooster does not crow. After the third denial, a rooster crows the second time. So let's look at Mark chapter 14, verse 68. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway, and a rooster crowed. So that's the first denial. He probably went to the entryway because he wanted to get away from the people who were trying to put the finger on him. So that's the first crowing of the rooster. And then we have the second denial, which we just mentioned in Matthew here. The, set, the random woman came up and said this man was with Jesus the Nazarene, and he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. That's the second denial. There's no rooster crowing there. Then we get to the third denial in Mark 14, 72. Immediately a rooster crowed a second time. This is after his third denial. And Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. That was at the Last Supper. When he thought about it, he began to weep. So there's no contradiction here. There was two crow, two roosters crowings, and there was three denials. It's just that Matthew left out the two roosters. He just talked about the final rooster crow. Now notice the second denial, going back to Matthew 26 here, when this random woman, another woman, saw him and said, this man was with Jesus the Nazarene. She's probably using the term Nazarene in the same way that the first woman, the first maidservant, said the Galilean. Nazarene was commonly a term of contempt. It was probably used that way here. So these these were nasty women. These women were not nice to Jesus. Now, this woman's charge was more damaging than the first woman because this woman's the random woman, the second woman, she told those who were there. Now, who was there? Well, you've got the temple police. You've got the high priest servants, any whom, any one of which could have gone to the high priest and said, hey, we got one of the disciples out here in the courtyard. So now Peter really is in danger. And so this time he denied it with an oath. He adds an oath. I swear by God, I don't know the man or something horrible like that. So he's lying. Now he's lying with an oath, which is a worse kind of lying. Now, why did this woman <clears throat> publicly charge Peter and publicly and charged in Peter publicly in front of Jesus's enemies? Because her aim was probably to get Peter arrested. And she was talking to the servants and officers who were there who could arrest Peter. So that's what she's trying to do. 
And so Peter is in a bad way. So now after he denies the Lord again with an oath, a false oath, now he's a perjurer. In addition to being a simple liar and a traitor, he's a perjurer now. Peter just didn't just deny that he was a disciple. He even denied that he ever knew Jesus at all. That's really overdoing it. Thousands of people knew about Jesus, and Peter said, I don't know who he is. Gill said it's a wonder he didn't bring more suspicion on himself for saying something, for overstating his case, that he didn't even know who Jesus was. If he didn't know who Jesus was, why was he at Caiaphas' house? But here's what Peter said in this verse. He said, I don't know the man. Now, of course, what he could be saying is, I don't know him personally. I know about him, but I don't know him personally. So maybe that's how you explain the fact that he was making such a audacious claim that he didn't even know who Jesus was. Maybe he meant, I didn't know him personally. Matthew 26:73. After a little while, those standing there approached and said to Peter, Now it's not two women. The first accusation was from the doorkeeping maidservant of the high priest. The second was from a woman that was there. And now... After a little while, those standing there, that was the temple police and the high priest servants, men who could arrest Peter and cause him a lot of damage, they were standing there and approached and said to Peter, you certainly are one of them, even since even your accent gives you away. So Peter, in denying that he didn't know Jesus, he had to talk. In the first two denials, when he denied the women, when he denied to the women that he knew Jesus, he talked, and his Galilean accent from the north gave him away. People in Jerusalem would recognize it in a minute did give away. So they figured, well, this guy must have been a follower of Jesus. What's he doing in Jerusalem otherwise? Now, it says after a little while. It's actually about an hour, Luke 22, verse 59, an hour between the second and third denials. Luke 22, verse 59 says this, about an hour later, another kept insisting this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. So we go to verse 74 in Matthew 26. Then he started to curse. When? After the third accusation by the men, by the servants and the temple police. Then he, Peter, started to curse and to swear by the oath. And the NIV says to call down curses on his head. In other words, he wasn't cursing the soldiers of the temple police. He was cursing himself. According to the NIV study Bible, I don't know how they know that. It seems to me he could have just been cursing in general. But So let's just assume he said this. May I be struck dead. May I be cursed. May I go to hell if I know that man. I swear... Before God, under oath, I do not know the man. I don't know what the curse was. I don't know what the oath was, but that's pretty serious. So he just let these these cursings come out of his mouth, and immediately a rooster crowed. Of course, when that happened, while the curses were still in his mouth, he hears the rooster crowing. And, of course, this is the final rooster crow, the second rooster crow. And he realizes what he's done. He's denied his Lord, just like Jesus predicted. Matthew 26, verse 75. And Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. That was spoken to him at the Lord's Supper. And he went outside and wept bitterly, as you can imagine why. Now, why did he go outside? Well, he needed to get out of there because people were recognizing him. And when they see him crying like that, they're going to realize he would be a disciple. So he goes outside to hide his crying. And that, the weeping showed that he had a repentant heart. Jesus' acceptance of him after his resurrection shows that Jesus had indeed forgiven him. But what was bad for Peter was Jesus looked at him when Peter denied him the third time. He's cursing. Damn it, I don't know. I don't know the man. I promise you before God, may I be struck dead if I know the man. And right while he's saying all this stuff, the rooster crows, and then Jesus is apparently brought out of the house and into the courtyard, maybe on the way to see Pontius Pilate as he's carried out. He's tied up. Luke chapter 22, verse 61. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. 
So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. So Peter just had gotten his nasty words out of his mouth, and there's Jesus looking at him. Now Jesus, of course, didn't let everybody else know, didn't say, Hi, Peter. He just looked at him, because if he'd have said something, it would have given Peter away, and Peter would have gotten arrested and killed. So he just looks at him. But can you imagine how bad that made Peter feel? All three evangelists record Peter's contrition, his crying, and so forth. John doesn't, but he does record Peter's rehabilitation, which is kind of touching. So I'm going to read that. John 21, verses 15 through 17. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. This, of course, is after the resurrection. Simon, son of John, after the resurrection, when they're up there by the Sea of Galilee. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Referring to the other disciples. Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he, Jesus, told him. A second time he, Jesus, asked him, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Peter, Jesus got Peter to say that he loved Jesus three times. That, of course, was to contradict the three denials, to make it firm in Jesus' mind that, yes, I understand that you love me, Peter, and I and you know that you love me because you're saying it. He got him to say it. And then he said, feed my lamb, shepherd my sheep. In other words, take care of the church. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to send you Pentecost, and you've got a church to establish and to run. That's it for Peter's denial. We've finished chapter 26. We'll take up chapter 27 as we look and see what happened to Judas while all this was going on. I hope you enjoyed this video.